Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. We did it. We made it to another weekend. Coming up, The Atlantic's Shirley Lee helps us navigate all the TV out there right now. It is just the sweetest, sweetest teen romance I have seen in a really long time. Plus, we get to the bottom of a viral tweet that asserts there are only 35 plots in the history of literature. Oh, this is another 31. My job sucks and I'm thin. But first, let's get ready for the weekend by unwinding from another week. With us this week, we have Rome Jay. He's the culture correspondent for the Tribe, an online news site for Black Chicagoans. Rome Jay, welcome. <laughs> What's going on, Greta? Thanks for having me. So I want to start with this really weird news about the Mona Lisa. This is, of course, the famous <laughs> Da Vinci painting in the Louvre. Earlier this week, a dude dressed up as an old lady Mm. and threw a piece of cake at the painting. I thought this story was so weird. Uh, (laughs) Did you come across this one? What did you think? Yeah, so I checked it out. Well, you guys sent it to me. Otherwise, I would probably have never known. (laughs) Um, You know, and, 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 and so first off, from my understanding, when you go to see the Mona Lisa, it's, it's like covered in glass. It's a... it's barricaded. It's roped off. Yeah, so you can't really get close to it. Um, so the glass kind of takes away from the actual painting, and then, like most likely, there's going to be a huge crowd around the actual painting, mm-hmm. and it's pretty small too. It's like not a big painting. It looks bigger on my computer than it does in person. Looks like, <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> so, so, and Greta, my theory is the gentleman traveled to see the photo or went yeah. to the museum wherever he's coming from. Uh, once getting there, you know, not only was he not impressed, but he's probably somewhat angered by the restrictions and the expectations he had. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how else can you really describe this um, other than the person is probably dealing with some some issues internally? But, you know, yeah. his his emotions got the best of him. We can only assume, you know, and, you know, art affects us all differently. And I don't know what, it, what you know, triggered this young man, but I, I do wish him well. You know? No kidding. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty interesting because like, so the Mona Lisa was stolen in 1911 and then someone actually like poured acid on it as a protest against French government for something or other back in the day. That's why it's covered in glass now. Um, And this and like somebody threw a coffee cup at it. Like it has had this weird history of people like kind of attacking her. I don't know if it's because <laughs> she's like this like big French art symbol, even though it's not French art, but it is in this fancy French museum. Um, But I don't know. I mean, it is really fascinating to think about, like, what is it about this, like, relatively small, like, fairly unremarkable painting that is getting people so worked up, you know? I don't think people like her smile. (laughs) (laughs) You think it's too smug? She's she's too confident? I think that's what it is. It's kind of like, uh, 
Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, so in other news this week, there is a new Top Gun movie out. It's called Top Gun Maverick. It's out almost 40 years after the original Top Gun with Tom Cruise. Were, are you like an original Top Gun guy? Did you watch that as a kid or whatever? So I I am not a Top Gun guy, but I am a movie buff. I've seen Top Gun a couple of times as okay. it is, as you know, I just, it's like a requirement for, for movie buffs. Um, if you want to know, if you want to know the history of like 80s action, like, you know, Tom Cruise, Mel Gibson, Eddie Murphy, I put them at the top for me okay. as far as yeah. like 80s action. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Yeah. Top Gun. It's Maverick. It's Goose. It's it's 80s music. It's Highway to the Danger Zone. It's Take My Breath Away. Um, you know, it, 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 it's it's 80s greatness. So it, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it. Um Something like that can't really be remade, but Tom Cruise is a great actor. It's always nice when 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 movies like this come back for sequels after such a long time period has passed, uh, because, you know, I assume and I've seen the trailer. Um, it, you assume the biggest contribution to the plot will be the 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 time period will be the time past. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. apparently Goose's son will be featured in it and Goose's son was in the first Top Gun they were all, uh, you know on top of the piano you broke my will oh, a thrill goodness gracious great balls fire you know so he will make a return we all know Goose died in the first Top Gun um, now dare I say it my generation knows Tom Cruise and like like black people we know tom cruise from like mission impossible like i'm a mission impossible tom cruise guy yeah but shout out to tom cruise i'm definitely excited anybody who can act but no anybody who can act after 40 years no kidding um, you know that's that's value and doing his own stunts the way he does you know like that's crazy i do have several like really smart friends who have seen it lately and who said it's legit great which i was kind of surprised by i thought it was going to be sort of one of those like because, you know, the other side of the n- nostalgia coin is like just kind of running off the fumes of nostalgia and hoping that it's just going to like pull enough heartstrings that people are going to enjoy it, even if it's not actually good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you do that by bringing back like old cast members like Val Kilmer will be in it. So, right, you know, right. a lot, you know, a lot of people will look for it. You're going to get views on it just for that. And the challenge will be like, is it actually good? We've seen it lately with like. Movies like Bad Boys with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence coming mm-hmm. back after 20 years, 30 years. Stuff like that is fun for us who remember the original. So, you know, no matter what, you're going to get the win. And, you know, Tom Cruise isn't a shabby actor, so I expect for it to be good. Might not pay for it, but who knows? <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So going from the big screen to the small screen, there is so much stuff out right now. Is yep, there anything yep. that you're especially excited about this summer or that you've been enjoying these days? So, like, when it comes to TV, I I, I, I am a binger, okay? Mm. Just finished watching Hulu's Atlanta. They, they just finished up mm. the last season of that. Also, and this is just what I've been watching. Um, it's about the, the start of the Lakers Showtime era. It's really good. Oh, yeah. You're talking about winning time, right? On HBO, that's the Adam McKay, right? Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's directed by Jonah Hill. Um, right. Really good, really good series features Magic Johnson, that story, the whole uh, just the how Dr. Bus and Jeannie Bus 
started the Lakers franchise. Well, not the franchise, but the historical run they went on with Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Really good series. But as as far as this summer, what I'm looking forward to uh, after two years almost, the Umbrella Academy on Netflix is coming out with uh, with another season. Really looking forward to that. Like superheroes and stuff like that. That's kind of like my jam. I really like to watch stuff like that. That does sound good. I'm really excited about the third season of For All Mankind, which mm. is the like alternate history space show on Apple TV. I don't know if it's been on your radar at all, but it's so good. Okay. I just want to yell at everybody about how great it is. And, you know, the fact that there's already two seasons out now means you could like have a solid binge and then you've got right. like a whole bunch of bonus stuff out in by the middle of June too. Okay, great. So I could time my binge perfect that way. Exactly. There's yeah. nothing better than a perfectly timed binge, you know? Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rome J, thank you so much for coming on. This was very fun. Thank you. Hope we can do this again, Greta. There is a lot of new TV coming out, and I am doing a terrible job of keeping up with it. Here to help us all get our watch lists in order is Shirley Lee. She covers culture for The Atlantic. Shirley, hey. Hi, Greta. Thanks so much for having me. So you've written a couple articles lately about some TV shows that are coming or have come out lately. Uh, what are some of your favorites? What, what's on your radar these days? There are some gems. I uh, I am really loving this season of Hacks. Uh, it's a show on HBO Max. Do you watch? Mm-hmm. You know, I watched the pilot. I don't think I'm enough of a comedy nerd to enjoy it. Is that a fair thing to say? That is okay. That is okay. There's a character this season who also says that he just doesn't like comedy. Interesting. I don't get it. I mean, why doesn't she just fire you? She loves firing people. I don't know. I guess because I'm her joke writer and I'm funny. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, not to me. I'm not trying to be rude. It's just I don't like comedy. Like... Like all comedy. I mean, everyone's trying too hard. It's like so awkward. And you know what? He's kind of right. The show (laughs) observes that. Um, (laughs) I really like the show. I think it's an excellent showcase for Gene Smart, who's just been doing incredible work. It's uh, it's a series that won several Emmys uh, last year or whenever the Emmys happen. I can't keep track of time. But it's an excellent comedy. It's uh, it takes, you know, it takes a really close look at well how stand-up works which is Mm -hmm. something that maybe not everyone is constantly thinking about uh but i find fascinating you know where's the line between uh you know taking risks and Mm. just being plain offensive so you did also recently write about heartstopper which is a show i haven't seen yet but our producer anna is obsessed with it (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh anna and i we should talk um Yeah, Heartstopper is this show that came out, you know, at the end of April. It's an adaptation of a graphic novel slash like webcomic written by uh, a writer named Alice Oseman in the UK. It is just the sweetest, sweetest teen romance I have seen in a really long time. I really like you. Do you like me? Wasn't that obvious? (laughs) Do you like me? Yes, obviously. It's about these two uh, teenage boys who fall in love. And it's one of several projects that have recently been about queer teens. And they're written in a way that are really made for queer teens because they aren't focusing on the trauma of coming out. They are focusing on everything else, really, just the teenage experience. 
And yeah, it relates to their sexuality, certainly, but it's not focusing just on the stress of coming out, you know, the holding on to secrets, the mm-hmm. challenges of it. Um, and that's certainly valid for the the queer experience. It is, you know, I, I talked to um, a sociologist who who talked about how it, it is intrinsic to the queer experience, but our pop culture should reflect all the different facets of it as well. And Heartstopper, I mean, it became a really popular show since it came out in April. And I think one of the big reasons for that is because it leans into that sweetness. Yeah, well, and I don't know. I mean, I feel like especially given the news these days, like a hug of a TV show sounds really lovely, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like there's definitely a space for shows that are, you know, tackling the more cerebral, you know, tougher questions about Mm -hmm. queer identities and and that relate more directly to, you know, the the bills that are that have been introduced that are, you know, making it even harder for um, queer kids to embrace themselves. There's also a space for, like you said, you know, a hug of a TV show mm-hmm. that can be really helpful in and of itself. Yeah, for sure. So another show you've written about recently is Conversations with Friends. This is the <laughs> latest adaptation of Sally Rooney's. She also had written Normal People. Um, I thought it was funny. There was a Vulture article that was like, this is the new Normal People. Um, <laughs> what's your take on it? I haven't seen it. I didn't really like the book, so <gasps> I haven't watched That's the okay. show. <laughs> What do you think? Wow, this is just me hating on stuff, I guess. (laughs) You are fine because I was certainly hating on Conversations with Friends, the show. I felt the opposite way of that Vulture review. I was like, this is not the new normal people. Well, and and it's partly because it's trying to be the new normal people. Mm. Conversations with Friends just has a, a trickier plot and this tone about it throughout the book that is... Um, that is kind of masochistic. That is a little bit wry, but it's also just, it's critical of Hmm. the millennial generation, um, that Sally Rooney is a part of that I'm a part of, oh Mm -hmm. man. Um, and, uh, (laughs) and the show doesn't really interrogate that doesn't touch on that much at all. Instead, it applies the same almost dreamy aesthetic to this story as it does normal people and it just doesn't fit so well even if Sally Rooney is the author of both books and uses her right you know very distinct uh, cold prose uh you can't just do the same thing (laughs) right for sure so what is something that is about to come out or that has come out recently that you are super excited about that you haven't mentioned yet Ooh, I mean, okay, well, speaking of adaptations, I am really looking forward to a show called Irma Vep. Ooh, cool. Not to sound high-minded. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's coming out uh, very soon. It's coming out, I think, June 6th on HBO. It is from the director, the auteur, the French auteur, Olivia Essayas. I just butchered <laughs> just that probably, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, he is essentially adapting himself. He is remaking his own movie, Huh. for television. So he had made a movie called Irma Vep way back when starring Maggie Chung. It's this meta, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Maggie Chung plays herself, you know, as an actress uh, mm. who is starring in a remake of a silent film serial called Les Vampires about vampires. Wow. Wow. This time it stars 
Alicia Vikander um, as Irma. And it, it's just probably going to be really cerebral and intense. That's awesome. So in general, do you feel like you're noticing any big themes for stuff that is coming out this summer? I mean, obviously, mm. we've talked about a number of adaptations. Adaptation, certainly a huge element to TV. I think there's also um, a really playful uh, arena that I'm also not sure what to call it. It's, it's kind of like fizzy, true crime. <laughs> um, oh, are you thinking, I, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm thinking of like only murders in the building. Like, oh, yes, totally. Yeah, I'm thinking of like breezier series like that, that are like, there's a lot of fizzy, um, the alternate takes on uh, crime. <laughs> No, I, know, oh I mean, it's almost like a it's almost like yeah. a knives out vibe where it's like right. funny and quirky and like super colorful and bright yeah. and like a pretty broad, fun cast of characters. Totally. totally. And it's not, you know, it's about a murder, but it's, you know, it's exactly. also about a love of dip and also bassoons. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm assuming you're a fan as well. Yeah. So great. I mean, it's coming back this summer, I think at the end of June That's on Hulu. Right. I think there's a lot of great coming of age uh, stories, you know, headed our way as well. I think I'm looking forward to Miss Marvel on Disney+. Mm-hmm. Plus. It follows a Pakistani teenage girl who discovers she has superpowers. She's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and, you know, she's raised in New Jersey. And speaking as someone who was raised in New Jersey, I will always watch anything involving Jersey <laughs> New raised Jersey team. representation. Great, great. <laughs> Whew, there is a cascade of There's television coming. <laughs> We have talked a lot just now about shows, especially on Apple TV Plus and HBO, um, especially HBO Max. But I'm curious if you think there is one streaming platform that you feel like is rising above the rest or if you are maintaining your subscriptions in all of them currently because you dabble in each. I was just about to say, I feel like Apple TV Plus has been having a great season of Mm -hmm. shows. They they Mm -hmm. are really, you know, pushing for quality TV, not just as much TV as possible. That sounds like a subtweet. <laughs> <laughs> their their production value though is super high. Like they're yeah. doing prestige programming for sure. Yeah. I'd say that I put Apple TV Plus and HBO Max at, at the top of my list, but I really find myself migrating often over to Hulu. Yeah. Um, hmm. you know, I think they we mentioned only murders in the building earlier. I think yeah. they they've just also been really careful about what they curate and like for instance, one of the shows that I've really liked over the past couple of years has been The Great. And I think their oh, yeah. continued partnership with Elle Fanning has yielded some really interesting, tricky shows, you know, including The Girl from Plainville. I think like FX shows, you know, ending up on Hulu, you know, it allows for this balance or just a really great library, not just of content, but well curated content. Uh, so you've got what we do in the shadows you have yes. reservation dogs like there's a show that i'm really looking forward to that comes late in august from the creators of the americans called the patient and it stars steve carell as this um psychiatrist who's being held hostage by a serial what? killer played by donald gleason who yeah who's holding him hostage because he wants him to help him stop serial killing i mean that oh, plot my <laughs> god that sentence surely just kept getting better and better right wow. this, is, this is what i mean by like a lot of content on hulu ends up being yeah the log lines get trickier and trickier you're like what huh 
That's Tell amazing. I guess I'll watch. <laughs> Well, thank you for recommending such a great variety of things, Emily. Can't wait to just stay inside all summer now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, screw socializing. (laughs) After the break, our next guest boils down all the books into a list of 35 premises. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Maybe you have heard of the literary theory that there's only actually like seven unique plots out there. The idea is that everything from Shakespeare to Lauren Groff is just a spin on those original seven. But is that really accurate? Well, Imogen West Knights is a journalist and a novelist, and she and her friend who works in publishing decided to try their hand at narrowing down all the possible book plots. We just like shitpost to each other about stuff that's going on in like the literary world. I think we were just texting about it, actually, noticing that we were reading a lot of books about the same kind of things and then being like, how many different books are there actually if you tried to boil them down? And we ended up with this list. They got to 35. Imogen posted the list on Twitter last week and the tweet blew up. I was surprised how far it managed to spread. That tweet has over 24,000 likes. So are you dying to know what those plots are? And also something that's really annoying about that tweet is that I say that they're plots, but actually, as someone else really annoying pointed out, they were like, they're actually premises, which is true. The... 35 novel premises are, one, hmm, something not quite right about this house. Two, she's so crazy. Three, I live abroad, and that's very interesting. Four, a bad thing happened, but I won't tell you what yet. Five, my boyfriend sucks and I love him. Six, what if phones, but too much. Seven, climate crisis and I'm a parent? Weather by Jenny Offill, I guess, is the one that comes to mind the most, which I loved. Eight, going on a journey, but the real journey was finding myself. Nine, a rich woman is unbearably sad. Ten, a rich man is horny, which is not his fault. Eleven, it's the holidays and the big family don't get along very well. Twelve, a bird stands for something. Grief is a Thing with Feathers by Max Porter. Have you read that? Mm, I haven't, but even the title is gorgeous. It's really good. And our bird stands for many things. 13 is Drugs. 14, 10 Things I Hate About My Baby. 15, We Will Buy the Sea When Something Spooky Happened. Oh, That's Our Wives Under the Sea by Julia Armfield. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, it's great. And it's by the sea and in the sea and around the sea. So much sea. 16, I got lonely and turned into a plant or something. I haven't actually read it, but people say the new Sheila Hetty book is 16. Yeah, I think the character literally does turn into a plant. I've heard about that one. 
17, why, father? 18, have you noticed that nature is beautiful? 19, there was a war, but the real war was with myself. 20, people in the past were just like us. 21, damn you, Margaret Thatcher, which I think someone in America suggested could is also damn you, Ronald Reagan. It's the same genre. <laughs> you can just switch them in. 22, it's nighttime in the big city and some bad behaviors afoot. 23, the world ended, but I'm still here just sort of hanging around. 24, help, I have a body. 25, I need to get married. Yinka, where is your husband? I could totally work for that one. Yeah, could work for that. Also just like a catch-all for loads of sort of <laughs> Regency novels. Very true. <laughs> Bridgerton. Bridgerton. <laughs> 26, help, I have a mother. 27, perhaps we shouldn't have got married. 28, my trauma here manifested in physical form. 29, a weird guy just goes around being weird. Uh, like Don Quixote, I guess is the, cla- the classic weird guy goes around being weird. Confederacy of Dunces, I feel like. Confederacy, I was just about to say, that's the other one. Well, because weird guys are allowed to be weird more than we are. Well, that's true, exactly. Weird women going around being weird need like a reason. That's like, this chick is crazy. That's what that is. Yeah, that's a she's so crazy. <laughs> which, is yeah. a, which is a number two. <laughs> 30, this one-horse town will be the death of me. 31, my job sucks and I'm thin. 32, gay chaos. 33, my sister or female friend is different from me and I don't like that. 34, I was dead this whole time. And then 35 is, then 9-11 happened. They're just so good. (laughs) I'm so glad people like them. It was just a bit of silliness, really. In my head canon, like privately added three more that people suggested oh, tell that me. I thought were really good, which were 36, uh, this dog changes everything. <laughs> which, yeah. and like dog, horse, you know, yeah. cat, like yeah. it's fill all in that the blank, kind of, really. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other two were 37, what if one guy was actually two or more guys? <laughs> and then 38, what if a bunch of guys were actually the same guy? Mm, love those. Love those. Yeah, I mean, I think a stranger comes to town also. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that is one that should definitely be there. Okay, fine. That can be 39. I feel like I'm going to end up with 40. So you joked in your tweet that this list kind of ruined reading for you, but did it really? I mean, like a little. I'm kind of being facetious. <laughs> it, it, it came to mind a few times where I was like, oh, this is another 31. My job sucks and I'm thin, which was the thing that I kept reading for oh, some reason, hilarious. which is fine. And I love those books. But once you notice, you're like, ah, 31 again. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you have a favorite of all of these, either to read or to write? See, I'm a sucker for 11. It's the holidays in the big family. Don't oh, get yeah, that well. is a fun one. That's a really fun one. That's a fun one. I like there's something not right about this house as well. That's always, mm. always pretty rich. What well, about you? What do you like to read? That's a good question. I think that like a bad thing happened, but I won't tell you what yet. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. such a sucker for that. And so often it's so simple, yes, but it's so compelling. It is. And often it's frustrating in the end. Like I don't, you know, often the it doesn't, the payoff isn't worth it. But like when that suspense builds just right, it's just so much fun to read those, you know? Oh, yeah. So we retweeted your tweet with the list and someone responded and said, this is how I need everyone to recommend books to me from now on. Don't try (laughs) to tell me how it'll make me feel. Just tell me which of these it is and we're good. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's sort of funny. People like agents and stuff being like, this is how you should query me. I'm very busy. Just like <laughs> stick some numbers on them. <laughs> Just it's been nice because I think people took it in the right spirit. And maybe it's because I've also done the, that embarrassing thing and written a novel that, you know, I love all these books. They're all great, but they are all kind of the categories exist once you start looking for them. That was Imogen West Knights. Look out for her book, Deep Down, which comes out in February of 2023. It's a three and it's a 17. So it's an I live abroad and that's very interesting and a why father combined. All right, that's it for this week. The show is produced by me and Anna Bauman. Our newsletter is built by the delightful Maggie Civit, and our executive producer is Brendan Banasak. We will see you next week. There's no new ideas. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Macs and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.